the last episode of Doctor Who's 60th anniversary specials, The Giggle just made a massive change to Doctor Who's canon. But was the episode good? Okay, so obviously a lot of people are going to be here to hear my thoughts on the whole bi-generation and the ending of this episode, which I will be getting into towards the end of this video. If for some reason that's the only reason you want to watch this video, the only reason you're here, I will have chapters for this video so you can skip to that down below. But this is going to be a whole review of The Giggle and I'm going to go in somewhat chronological order for this review. So with that being said, let's just get into the video. So I thought the Toymaker was really good in this episode. I haven't seen the original story and obviously a lot of it is missing so I don't really know what he's meant to be like but I do know that original story isn't meant to be that good anyway from what I've heard but I did think the Toymaker was really good in this. Probably the only complaint I really have is I do feel like he should have dropped that German accent a little bit sooner than he did or been speaking mostly in that British accent for most of the time because it did start to get a little bit annoying after a bit and I thought he was going to drop the accent when the Doctor immediately recognises him or first recognises him in the toy shop which he doesn't but I do feel like that would have been a lot better if he had done that. I know the accent is meant to be purposefully bad but it still gets a little bit annoying throughout the episode. I think the Toymaker's realm was really well visualised in this story. Obviously it's not something they could have really done this well in the 60s and so the visuals of that endless corridor and the black void they're in I think was visualised really well and a nice updated version of the Toymaker's realm and I also liked the companion puppet show that the Toymaker put on for the Doctor and Donna to show Donna what had happened with the Doctor's companions since she left. I've seen a lot of people complaining about this saying there's no mention of Chibnall era companions but to me that's really obvious that it's because those characters didn't die like the characters the Toymaker is talking about. Obviously I know those characters didn't actually die and that's what the Doctor is saying but that's obviously the reason these companions were chosen and there is still a mention to Flux in there so it's not like Chibnall Erasia or something like that and I obviously really liked the creepy puppet scenes especially the one with the Doctor with the puppet of the guy we see in the cold open and the puppet of himself but obviously also I really liked the creepy scene between Donna and Stooky and the Stooky Babies, which I think was really creepy as well. But personally, I think the bits with the Doctor in that moment worked a lot better. And obviously, whilst we're still on the topic of the Toymaker, I really liked the Spice Up Your Life scene. It was really creepy, especially with David Tennant playing it straight as the Doctor when those unit soldiers die. It just really shows how crazy the Toymaker is because he's just having so much fun with this when people are dying. In terms of the actual giggle plot that is throughout this episode, the thing that this episode is named after, I think it was really well set up with the post-title scene and even the cold open with John Logie Baird, who I thought was going to feature a little bit more in this episode than he did but I'll get onto that later. But yeah the giggle plot was really well set up with the scene after the title sequence where we see the effect it's having on the general population of Earth and it was also really well set up with the scenes at unit in the first half with some great commentary on society and the government and obviously the anti-vax allegory with Trinity Wells which I think was really well done. But the problem I have with the giggle plot is that it seems to basically take a bit of a backseat once the Doctor and Donna travel back to 1925 and confront the Toymaker and from that point on it just feels a little bit disconnected from the rest of the plot and I think it's really unfortunate that we don't get to see the effect it has on humanity outside of that post-title scene that I talked about earlier and I think for that reason this episode could have benefited a little bit from being either two parts or what I personally think would have been better is if it was a 90 minute episode like The Power of the Doctor because that would have just given us more time to see the effect it has on humanity outside of that one scene at the start of the episode. Obviously Unit are in this episode and they have the brand new Unit HQ which looks a bit like Stark Tower or Avengers Tower which I think looked really good and they also have the Vlinks which is a robot type alien creature in there which isn't really explained as to why he's there but for me personally what I think that is is they're just trying to fill out the Unit roster for a potential spin-off in the future similar to Mr. Smith in Surgeon Adventures. And speaking of Unit it's great to see some of the returning characters obviously we get to see Kate Stewart in this episode who gets a really good moment when she takes the Z-Dex off or deactivates her Z-Dex 
show the effects of the giggle and it's just really nice to see her written by RTD and I can't wait to see her return in the future with Shuti Gatwa. This also leads to a nice moment with Shirley which shuts down the complaints of the bigots that they had in the Star Beast who basically just don't understand that disability is a spectrum and were basically accusing Ruth Madley of not being disabled which is just insane so I'm glad that that was in there. It's almost like Russell predicted that that was going to happen, those complaints were going to be made by bigots and so that moment just works really well for that. And we also get a nice moment with Mel when she first sees the Doctor again and the Doctor first recognises her after almost not noticing her immediately which I think was a really good way of doing it. But unfortunately although these characters have these nice moments at the start they don't actually end up doing a whole lot in the episode because they kind of get sidelined for the second half because like I alluded to earlier once the Doctor and Donna go back to 1925 to confront the Toymaker the whole giggle plot kind of takes a back seat from the rest of the plot and these characters appearances kind of suffer with that as well which I think is really unfortunate but like I said I enjoyed the moments we got with them in this episode and I think they were really good. I just wish we would have been able to see more of them and that as well could have been a benefit of having this episode be 90 minutes long or a two-parter or something like that. Okay, so obviously this is the last episode of these specials with the 14th Doctor, at least as the main Doctor in the show. So he obviously regenerates in this episode. And for me personally, I quite liked this regeneration. I really liked how sudden the regeneration was. The Doctor was basically like mid-sentence when he gets shot by the galvanic beam by the Toymaker, which I think was really good and felt kind of shocking and sudden, especially with how much left of the episode we had. Obviously with 10's regeneration back in the End of Time Part 2, it ended with him alone in the TARDIS saying, I don't want to go, which is quite a controversial line which at the time I liked but the more I think about that line the more I realise it's a little bit unfair on the next Doctor which at the time was Matt Smith so it isn't my favourite final line of a Doctor but with 14's regeneration who is obviously also David Tennant he regenerates surrounded by friends like Donna and Mel who are right by his side which I think was really nice and instead of saying I don't want to go he says it's time and allons-y which obviously means let's go in French so I just really liked that contrast of the 14th Doctor and the 10th Doctor's final lines which was something I was really hoping for in this episode. And as well as that, we also got some nice references to previous classic regenerations in this moment as well, with the Doctor saying, here we go again, which is a reference to the third Doctor's regeneration, and him saying it feels different this time, just before the bi generation, which is a nice reference to the fifth Doctor's regeneration in Caves of Androzani. Now we're getting on to the bit that you're probably all here for, the bi generation in this episode, a brand new addition to Doctor Who canon, basically, in terms of Time Lord regeneration mechanics and stuff like that. Now, I had seen the leak before this episode, unfortunately, Unfortunately, although I had only read it once and I didn't read it again like really close to the episode or anything so I didn't remember the exact details but I had read the leak and while I didn't like the idea on paper of the leak I do feel like the execution of this concept and this by generation was a lot better than I expected it to be from reading the leak itself it allows us to have a multi-doctor story for the 60th anniversary specials in a way that we've not seen before with a future doctor meeting our current doctor instead of a past doctor which I think was a really interesting thing to do and seeing David Tennant and Shooty were on screen together was really good and I think they had really good chemistry and I also seem to be the only person that liked the catch scene in this episode. I just thought it was a really fun conclusion to the episode and a really fun way to beat the Toymaker and a lot of people seem to be complaining about this idea being confused as to why the Toymaker isn't able to just catch a ball because of how powerful he is but this is explained earlier on in the episode with the fact that the Toymaker doesn't cheat. That's the one thing he basically doesn't do. He plays by the rules. The only rules the Toymaker follows are the rules of the game. 
They bind his entire existence. But with that being said, I really don't like this line. Do you come in a range of colours? I also like the scene with the 14th Doctor having a meal with Donna and her family at the end of the episode. I think it was a really well executed and emotional scene and David Tennant was just great in that moment. And overall, this bi-generation idea, this concept, was a nice and interesting way of concluding this era and passing the torch to not only Shuti Gatwa but just to a brand new era of the show in general. However, although I thought the bi-generation thing as a whole was really well executed, Executed. I still don't know how I feel about the concept in the first place. Obviously, this means that the 14th Doctor is still around, which I'm not sure how I feel about. It feels very similar to the end of Journey's End, with the Metacrisis Doctor going to live his life with Rose in the parallel universe, and it just really makes it seem like RTD really wants to just keep his favourite Doctor around as much as possible. And I really think the 14th Doctor shouldn't have kept his own TARDIS at the end of the episode, because that just invites him to return in the future and also makes him equal to the 15th Doctor, which just slightly undermines the 15th Doctor a little bit in my eyes. And I really hope and don't think that this is setting up a 14 and Donna spin-off, as it would just be too similar to the main show, and some people would just kind of be treating this as like, this is real Doctor Who, and Shooty Gatwa isn't real Doctor Who, and I just don't think that would be fair. But I do think that maybe 14 and Donna will appear often in maybe like the unit spin-off that they seem to be setting up with the Vlinks. I just hope they don't get a spin-off of their own, because I don't think that would be fair. And to add on to that, I just think the optics of this, from a conceptual standpoint, just isn't great, because it just kind of gives ammunition for certain people to say that Shooty Gatwa isn't the real Doctor and the real Doctor is still out there somewhere in the 14th Doctor, which I just think is a little bit unfair on Shooty Gatwa, and it's not great optics for the first black main Doctor. But talking about Shooty Gatwa, I think he was really good in this episode. Right from the outset, I really enjoyed him, and they do try to give him as many of the Doctor's lines as possible once he's introduced in this episode, although he does still feel somewhat overshadowed by David Tennant being there, especially with this being the 14th Doctor's story and they still need to conclude the 14th Doctor's story in this episode. But I can't wait to see him as the full-time Doctor at Christmas and next year in Season 1 or Series 14 or whatever we're calling it. And obviously also at the end of the episode, we get a little hint to the Master returning with the fingers picking up the golden tooth that the Master is supposedly trapped in, which I personally think this was just meant to be a bit of a jokey moment from RTD. A nice little reference back to Series 3 where this also happened, and I don't think there's any immediate plans to bring back the character anytime soon, or at least I hope not, because I think the Master needs a break for a little bit before they bring him back and I really hope Anya and Barnard is not playing him in season one because that seems like that concept will just be too similar to the whole Saxon arc in series three. So overall, I really enjoyed this episode for the most part. I'm still not 100% sure how I feel about the bi-generation, just as a concept to begin with in this episode. Although, like I said, I do feel like it was really well executed in this episode. And the more I think about this episode, the more I like it, which is basically the opposite of how I feel about the Star Beast. Basically, the Star Beast, for the most part, I liked as an episode, but the more I think about the ending of that episode, the more I dislike it. While Blue Yonder, I've been pretty solid on, like, I love that episode. There's a few dodgy VFX in there, but for the most part, I think it's really good. And this episode, I really enjoyed and the more I think about it, the more I like it. So that's kind of how I feel overall about the specials. I am planning on doing a sort of compilation video of all my reviews for the 60th anniversary specials with some new bits in between and a bit at the end where I rank each of the episodes. So stick around for that. But if you haven't already seen my previous 60th anniversary reviews, I'll have them linked on screen now. And in a couple of days, I'll hopefully be doing a trailer breakdown for The Church on Ruby Road. So subscribe for that and also for the review of The Church on Ruby Road, which I plan on doing at the very end of this year or the start of next year. So like I said, subscribe if you don't want to miss those.